1: This is the PTBO Today podcast.
3: Intelligent conversation. Jordan and
1: Graham here, kicking off your Friday edition of PTBO Today Live. Let's look at the big three local stories we are following today.
3: The 90s weekend edition of PTBO Today Live. Hope you're enjoying the 90s music this this afternoon and all weekend long too, every weekend. COVID-19 vaccinations for infants and preschoolers can start being booked as of next Thursday. The province gave out details of the rollout yesterday. Appointments are being made available through the province's online portal, Public Health units will use their own booking systems, pharmacies, and indigenous-led clinics, as well as some primary care providers and pediatricians as well. It's my understanding
1: this impacts about 6,500 kids between that age here in uh, the Peterborough area.
3: Search for suspects is on after a break-in at a local business. On Wednesday, officers were made aware of the break-in after a citizen turned in a found bag. Later learn, the bag and other items were from a location at Water and Hunter.
1: Yes, if you want to find out more information about that, you can visit ptbotoday.ca. And, of course, they are looking to speak to anyone who has information regarding that incident.
3: And there is a God. The Lakers beat the Chiefs last night in over, they did overtime, but they did end up beating the Chiefs last night in front of a crowd of over 2,800, so still not full capacity uh, at the Memorial Center. But the crowds are starting to build a little bit more as well as we get towards the end of the season. I know a lot of us who are in the know
1: have sort of been following it, but it wasn't sudden death over time last night, which yeah. is kind of what it was the game before, and then there was other games that end in ties. and
3: Everything's just all And I think I was watching a bit of the broadcast last night with uh, Pete and Scott, and they were talking about, this is one of my biggest pet peeves about the MSL as well, and I understand that people have personal lives, especially in the summertime, but you never know who's going to be playing at any given time. Like Even when I was back covering the games full-time and going to the games, I'd have a lineup sheet of players, and maybe a quarter of them, I have. they weren't even on my sheet. I didn't know who number double zero was. It was never on my sheet. So that's one of the big issues I have with MSL lacrosse. Willie Mays Hayes used to wear a double <laughs> zero in Major League. Hits uh, like Mays and uh, runs Do- like Hayes. Doesn't run like it. <laughs> uh, those
1: are the uh, big three local stories we are following today. The question of the day today, I got to know. Are you brand loyal? So when you're shopping, are you okay with buying generic or no-name brands, or are there some products that you have to stick to the name stuff? I can see you being uh, brand name only. I've evolved in my thinking, but yes, there was definitely a time (laughs) where I was pretty brand loyal. Uh, We'll get into that. And more when PTBO Today Live continues.
0: Jordan, Graham,
1: and you never know who else. This is the PTBO Today podcast. You're listening to PTBO Today live. Jordan Mercier here alongside Graham Elliott. And joining us in studio right now is the MP for peterborough Cortha, Michelle Ferreri. Michelle, it's been a while since you've been in the studio. Thank you so much for coming by. I really appreciate it.
2: It's a pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me, Jordan.
1: So a lot of people think that just because there's no meetings going on on Parliament Hill, things cool down in the summer. I'm going to suggest by watching your activity level, that that's (laughs) probably not the case. What's kind of the typical day now? when you're sort of out of that parliamentary routine?
2: Hmm, typical. I don't know that I can answer typical per se, but I can tell you that the that the objective is to get to as many people and as many events as possible. Because when you're in Ottawa, um, obviously you're not on the ground with your riding. And really, y- your riding is your priority. It will always be your priority. It should always be your priority. So when you're in Ottawa, it's great, but this time right here is critical to gather all of the information to, to go out to events. What are people doing? What is the biggest concern to people? If you're not listening to people, there is absolutely no way you can advocate for them. So that is the goal. So a typical day could be anything from, and it's, you know, what, what did we do the other day? I'm, I'm looking over to my counterpart here, because we went from like ATV riding in Havelock to, you know, working at, at over at Brock mission to, um, oh my gosh, the dairy farmers dinner. So it's really trying to, to incorporate all the different, um, st- things that are happening in your community.
1: I want to get specific on some of the issues that you've been hearing. I've marked down a couple of these, mm-hmm. but just as somebody who went through the, you know, parliamentary process, I guess for the first couple of times into your first kind of summer break area, look back on it since your election and since being on Parliament Hill, sort of what's the biggest shock? What's what's something that maybe people don't know about that type of role, that type of lifestyle that kind of caught you maybe a little bit off guard?
2: That's a really good question because I think there's two answers I have. I think there's a what caught me off guard and what i think people don't know so it's very different on the inside than it is on the outside um i think for me it's how slow everything is you have to remember i'm used to being an entrepreneur i'm used to being like we're gonna do this okay hit go Mm -hmm. and you pick up the phone and i say to jordan jordan we're gonna do this graham this is what we're gonna do okay i'll meet you there at 10 30 and we we just kind of make it happen Government is this giant Titanic of a ship that there are all these captains and you're trying to steer it and so it is extremely slow and bureaucratic and that is um, very frustrating. But from a, a more positive end of things what I think people don't realize because they get caught up in in a lot of headlines is how parliamentarians work together. So what you see in question period is one hour of our day. And it's very theatrical and it seems very angry and yeah. it seems very, <laughs> rah! but outside of that and in committees, you are walking across the floor. You are talking to NDP. You're talking to liberals. You're talking to Bloc. You're talking to all of parliamentarians. How do I best uh, work with, with my partners, basically my colleagues to get things done. Mm-hmm. Because we there is a real element of respect when you're doing this job. Like anybody who's in the Coliseum, like I think it's Brene Brown, right? Don't take advice from anybody who's not inside the Coliseum with you. Mm-hmm. And, and that is, Is challenging because you have all you do as a politician or an elected official is take feedback from people outside of the Coliseum. So how do you but at the same time, going back to what I said to you at the very beginning, you have to listen to people because if you're out of touch with people who are on the ground, you're not going to be making decisions that actually impact the people who are impacted by your decisions. Yeah. So one big paradox. Why not
3: jump on what Jordan was saying there too, because I remember back again the training sessions you went through in order just after being elected mm-hmm. and jumping into that pool very quickly. Uh, going through a, a, a leadership change mm-hmm. very quickly with someone that you had worked very closely yep. with during your campaigning, uh, with Aaron O'Toole of uh, being you know, uh, being relieved of his duties as leader of the of the party. That's a lot to go through for first year.
2: Forgot the freedom convoy too, Graham. Well a little bit of a a a
3: hiccup there too. There was so
2: everybody said to me so it was a lot, to put it mildly. Yeah. And I remember, you know, you go to other MPs and you you look to them to to guide you and you say, like, is this normal? And everybody said, No, Michelle, this is not normal. This is not what it's like to be an MP. This is unprecedented. Everything you just said, Graham, like it was just it was just there was no stop. It was just one thing after another, after another. And it and it's just continued to kind of be like that. And uh, I think it's just going to be one of the most historical parliaments that you will see in the history books. 44th Parliament, the one that I'm sitting in right now, will be, I think, will go down in the history books as one of the most um, eventful and polarizing and intense that anyone... Uh, a lot of elected officials will tell you Mm -hmm.
1: when we talk about specific issues that most of our listeners are probably dealing with and we all are in some way shape or form and that's when it comes to cost of living and how everything is just getting that much more expensive Mm -hmm. now I should say it's not specifically a Canadian issue you're seeing it all over the place and there's many reasons for it Um, what do you hear from people on a day-to-day basis because obviously that must be a major
2: concern oh it is I think you know you look at really vulnerable people right so you have your seniors who are in fixed incomes and that happened at the door when I was campaigning too, right? So you have these people who are already struggling and they're on fixed incomes and everything is just skyrocketing. Food, like the cost of food is is crazy and i you know i don't have the stat off the top of my head right now but you know there are reports people are just not getting the food they need they're not feeding their kids seniors are not feeding their kids i mean one of the first questions i ever asked in the house of commons it was a story i told about a senior i knocked on his door and he was eating cat food like so cost Mm. of living i think is just it is i would say the number one issue Across the board because you have seniors, but then you have the young people coming up who have actually given up of ever owning a home. Like they're like, I'm never going to own a home. Like they just don't even think of it anymore. And that's sad too, right? So it's a a really big issue.
3: For those that are not aware though, can you maybe help draw the divisible line there between what's a federal issue and what's a provincial issue because I think that, that line gets blurred constantly by going after you for ODSP when that's a provincial situation or you know, social uh, social services, for example.
2: Yep, and you just did a, a little of the answering there for me, which is great, Graham. And and you know, it's, it is a really common thing. I was answering the phones at my office. I try to answer. That's another thing I do on a typical day to come back to that. I really try to answer the phones at, at the office because it's a really great way to gauge and keep your finger on the pulse. And this woman was calling me and and she needed help with service ontario and i said well we're federal and so there are three levels of government and i think you know not everybody knows that and you don't humanity is a very interesting thing right you don't care about something till it impacts you sure you don't notice a red van till you have a red Mm -hmm. van you don't notice everybody's pregnant till you or your partner's pregnant you know and so until you need help with a passport you don't really think about it. It's not something that's taking up the space in your in your head. So, you know, we are Service Canada. We help with EI. We help with CRA. We help with immigration. We help with veterans. And we just help to try and direct a lot of people. And even if we can help them, we do really try hard to and be patient with people because it's not their fault, like you know a lot of that comes back to our education system and sometimes when you're teaching kids in grade 10 about uh, politics or civics they're not even ready like they're not Mm. ready to listen to that either so there's there is a lot of confusion around municipal provincial and federal
1: I always thought that definitely a civics course should be more than I think it's a half a year now (laughs) right where it should almost be a three-year kind of thing Mm -hmm. here's the ins and outs Uh, just going back to cost of living Is there something we can do is there something that you think needs to be done in order to address this as you mentioned it's a major issue um there's only so much that i guess the federal government can do uh when some of the pressures are coming internationally but is there something that you think we're just kind of missing out on right now that would help lower the cost of living for everybody
2: well stop spending money you don't have would be the (laughs) simplest thing I would say to you. And I I think to make it as simple as possible, I mean, we definitely needed to spend money, you know, when the pandemic hit. And I think a a lot of that relief was really important. Um, but when you start to delve into it, um, the real fine details of how the money is spent, where it's spent those things, it's very similar to your own household budget, right? Um, If you're spending more than you're making, it's not going to work. And so where do you where do you utilize um, your best investments? Right. And I think sometimes we get caught up in spending versus investments, long term, long term return on investment. You know, how do we do that? But I think it's just continuing to print money is a really, really big problem. It's uh, not contributing to to a, a lower inflation by any means.
1: Tourism, that's something that you're particularly interested in because, it, <laughs> you know, it's connected. And, you know, we we're talking off air and you said some people are like, well, tourism, Peterborough, like, you know, what does it matter? And they think of it as this big like, OK, somebody's going on a trip to Jamaica mm-hmm. or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, major in this region. And I just did an interview with PKED where they had told me, I mean, tourism is a 300 million dollar business here. Like, forget wherever else. Like, literally, it is that important to this area Um, I know you've got something that we're going to talk about coming up just about local, uh, let's talk local tourism. But um, I think a lot of people maybe missed the boat on why that is such an important thing.
2: I think there's a knee-jerk reaction when you talk about tourism and people say, I can't afford to buy food. Why are you talking about travel? And so I, 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 I put it back on them and say, I need you to flip what you're thinking about. It's not the tourist per se or the traveler per se, but the person that is employed as a result of that industry. So actually, when you go to the grocery store, that person working the till is ultimately connected to tourism. So I'm really fortunate I get to live in the beautiful community of Lakefield. You can go through Lakefield right now and you will see quickly the increase of traffic and consequently money being spent in our community because of cottagers, tourism. So there's the federal tourism, right, where you want Canada to be open for business and you want to tell the world we're open because one in 10 jobs is tourism. And then there's the sort of local Um, end of tourism where you know you have people just coming from an hour and a half two hours or doing this sort of Ontario circuit right and it's critical to our economy and so when you come back to your cost of living issue if you can't sustain a business or a restaurant's shutting down because they didn't survive covid or they they don't have that that's going to increase your inflation because they're shutting down and the economy is like a big spinning wheel right if you don't have it flowing or you put a dam in that flow it's going to cause a lot of of consequences and so i think tourism is one of the most fascinating files which i'm the the shadow minister of or critic which is what you see a lot of people say like it's my job to, to criticize the government on what they could be doing better and so tourism is a very interesting file because it intersects so many other files so finance economic development small business um it really touches on so many different things and it's i think a lot of people don't even think like a dog kennel so here's a perfect example i you know maybe i want to go away for a weekend with my kids well everybody got a dog during covid right (laughs) um Now there's nowhere to take your dog. So dog kennels are a big part of tourism. But a lot of people wouldn't think about that business being connected to tourism. Oh, I wanted to get my nails done. Oh, I wanted to get my hair done. Maybe I want to go get some clothes. Maybe I need to buy some food. All of those people that are employed by those decisions. And the other thing I would say to people is a lot of um, constituents I speak with, maybe they're seniors or maybe they've saved up for 10 years for this trip of a lifetime. And they can't go because of backlogs or because of of mandates or because arrive can or or all the chaos or the just the lack of travel confidence that's going to greatly impact our economy. But these people worked really hard to to be able to afford that trip. So I think there's a lot to unpack there. I
3: think there's one thing that you had uh, sort of alluded to and, and is very important as well is that we are a tourist destination we here are. in Peterborough. And whether it's not just in the summertime, of course, with Music Fest and mm-hmm. the Folk Festival going on and everything else that happens in our area with all the fairs, but also the wintertime with the hockey tournaments. We, we are d- And, and, and we always talk about with a lot of these um, tournament organizers is that, you know, you going to buy gas and going to buy groceries or staying at a hotel oops, I forgot my elbow pads at home. I got to go over to Fontaine's and go and buy a you pair. got it. That all goes back into the system again and, and helps someone Into
2: else. our community, yeah. into our community of peterborough mm-hmm. and, uh And it's, you just nailed it all. And mm. that's exactly it. And I just don't think people would think about it like that. Because they think about the traveler, mm-hmm. not the people directly benefiting and our community directly b- benefiting from that.
3: Got one more question for you in regards to this. I mean, you've had a chance as a critic to travel domestically. And, of mm-hmm. course, we think about travel. The first thing we think of is, all right, what exotic resort can I go to in Mexico <laughs> or Cancun? Or t-? Not me, of course. Yeah. Uh, I can't afford it. Uh, but, uh, you know, you've had a chance to travel domestically right across this country and see a whole lot of things that none of us may ever see in our entire lifetime. And you're seeing a lot more of this country than a lot of us are ever going to see. How important it is it to keep our money and travel and see our own backyard, per se, it going out to British Columbia or going to, you know, out east and seeing the Maritimes?
2: Oh. It's critical, and I mean this. This conversation is a long time one, right? Like, how many people have you talked to where they're like, "Well, it's cheaper to go to Cuba than it is to Nunavut." Mm-hmm. But how cool would it be to go visit Nunavut? Totally. And yep. and this has been a long time discussion when we look at sort of our airports. I mean, this is a big discussion, and Canadian tourism domestically, it's it's important. But it's not sustainable when you when you look at how we rely on international travelers to come into this to this country. And so that's why it's so important to keep our airports running smoothly and to send a message to everybody. Hey, we're open. Come visit us. But if I was to leave anybody with any piece of advice and if you are planning a trip and you do happen to have that little bit of money that you were able to save, there is so much Ontario like my word it's gigantic right like I just saw somebody in Tobermory but even in our own backyard like because COVID forced us to you know whether you go to Elmhurst Resort or Beachwood or Westwind or like I mean we um, Burley Falls in like there's all these beautiful local gems but you Canada has literally everything in it that you can find in the entire world. It's unbelievable.
1: All right, so let's come up with the idea here again, not to go back to spending money we don't have. <laughs> what if everybody got like a $1,000 credit every two years and you have to travel within Canada to a, incentivize a it? Bingo. Because you just nailed something that I've said for a long time. I would love to go out east, but when you're debating going out east versus five star resort in Cancun mm-hmm. or whatever, mm-hmm. I mean, it's not always like sorry are you ready for politics over here or something no but i think that's a pretty good idea so you take that back tell them that that would be good um one more thing on the traveling i'm traveling to vancouver actually coming up this weekend am i going to be okay in the airport like can you tell me am i going to survive this airport because i've never dreaded anything more than this because yes i dig into some of the fear-mongering on social media and all this stuff and i'm but I'm just sitting there. I'm actually, oh, two weeks out clocking flights and seeing how many are delayed, how many are canceled. And I never thought I'd come into that area. But
2: Listen, you know what? It's, it is tough because as you hear me say, I'm a critic, right? So it's my job to point out what's not working. Uh, but I do try to point out what is working. And, and there are positive experiences at the airport, but it is not running in the way that it should be running. So let's have that honest conversation. My advice for you, pack a carry-on. Yes. Do not uh, do, or like do not take luggage. Check just, luggage. Just yeah. just take your own. Try not to make it black. Okay, like the the luggage at the airports is unbelievable. Um, early flights are always seem to be doing a little bit better because once the backlog starts it does get a little more tricky you don't need arrive can when you're in Canada which is wonderful because it does cause a lot of issues I had uh, constituents in my office this morning and you know they don't have a smartphone they don't know how to use the technology it can be really frustrating um, for the user and then for your for the staff at the airport because they've now become IT consultants rather than you know trying to do their regular job but it's not it's nobody and the front lines fault you know I think that's a message i would really like if i could hammer that home you know it's the same as the people working in my office they're relaying the message they're doing what they can but the systems and how things are organized and managed that comes from the top and so there is definitely room for improvement if i could be less uh political and (laughs) just say it's it it is not a good time for our Pearson airport but uh, I can tell you they are very aware of it.
1: I'm also going to have a 4-year-old girl with me who's a little <laughs> temperamental so
2: she'll be If fried. I was by
1: myself and it was like ah, oh, 2 hours whatever go you'll to the bar frying. no problem and now a little bit. We did Just, buy a you tablet. you know what a lot
2: but. of a lot of travel and it's always is is expectation too, right? What are you expecting? Right? And that's what I always tell So I'm expecting so. the worst
1: already so I mean it so can you'll only be, fine. be better. <laughs> <laughs> it can only improve on what my expectation yeah. will be for the airport. Yeah. Uh, One last thing I wanted to talk to you about, um, and it's a huge conversation, but I know it's something you've talked about, and that is some of the mental health struggles that we've had uh, in the community. I'm sure you see that every single day in so many different areas.
2: Sure do. I mean our office is located at four seventeen Bethune Street. So anybody who's been local to Peterborough for a long time or been downtown knows Bethune Street is probably uh, you know, it's right in the hub of the downtown and and you're seeing, you know, homeless levels at a at a rate we've never seen before. Mental health and addiction and you know, I, I just I don't know when this is actually gonna air, but I did write an op ed piece, which is an opinion piece to put into the paper on my thoughts on tiny homes because I actually think um, it's a big, complicated um, issue that we could spend decades on trying to dissect. How did we get here? How do we get out of here? But I think (laughs) I'm looking at your TV. They're talking about (laughs) luggage issues at the Montreal (laughs) airport. Um, Damn. Yeah, but um, sorry. But to just say it all starts with housing. So if you don't have a safe place to hang your hat, if you don't have a safe place where you know you can lock the door and your belongings are safe, it is very, very challenging to get out of any predicament. And so I would strongly, I mean, that's one of my biggest goals um, in my time serving as an elected official is to, to try and solve this housing issue. And it's a housing continuum, right? So you have shelter system, you have transitional housing, you have your middle, you know, um, income housing right which they call affordable housing which is so misleading because that's 80% of fair market value Mm -hmm. and then you have your high-end homes which are also really important people want to criticize those but they're equally important because if somebody's able to move into that it's going to open up that spot and so there's just a lot happening, and I think tiny homes, um, I think, need some serious attention because I think it's going to be an inevitable solution. Um, how it's done and making sure that all levels of government and all, you know, not-for-profits, private sectors, you can't be fully reliant on government for any solution, I think, is a, is a really big take-home thing. We have to reevaluate what we're doing, but the biggest the biggest message I would have is investing in treatment and recovery and I could go on and on here, and I know you guys don't have a, a lot of time, but like when you look at decriminalization, which they implemented in British Columbia, I understand the reasoning behind decriminalization of trying to reduce stigma, because stigma is actually a really big issue. Um, I had a family member who passed away uh, from an accidental fent- fentanyl. They thought they were getting, you know, one type of drug, and it was laced, and, and they died because the, the people that you know, they were doing drugs with didn't want to call 911 because they thought they were going to, you know, mm-hmm. go to jail. And so I understand the, the, that, that component, But the, but decriminalization is not going to save lives if you don't have treatment and recovery in place. And harm reduction is a rung in the ladder, and it's important, but if you have harm reduction without fully treatment and recovery... You are going to have Groundhog Day.
3: And I'm sure there's lots of barriers in regards to that as well. Because I mean, I know that, you know, when we, we make an announcement for uh, monies to go for entertainment purposes, everyone goes, well, what, what about affordable housing? Oh. And then there's a lot of people who go, well, what about affordable housing? What about affordable housing? What about affordable We shouldn't have anything else except for affordable housing. So there's that on top of NIMBYism. So you're talking about these little houses. But nobody wants them in their backyard. You got it. Right?
2: You hit a nail on the head, right? So in, in social media is the, just a, a terrible place for this because you post something, you're like, okay, I'm having a tourism round. Well, oh, I don't care about tourism. Why don't you care about this? And it's a, it's a very like toxic place because you can care about one thing Mm -hmm. um and also care about something else i care about your birthday graham this is the example i say it's like you're having a birthday party for somebody and the person on the side goes well what about my birthday like my birthday's in six months why aren't we talking about my birthday (laughs) well we're we're going to get to your birthday and your birthday is important too um but it's you can multitask and that's why you have so many parliamentarians with so many different shadow or, or files or ministers because that's how you that's how you try to combat so many different issues, right? Mental health and addictions and housing um, is just, it's, it's everywhere across this country. Mm-hmm. So we're going to have to have a national strategy. We need a national housing strategy. And right now what we have is not working. And the feds have to uh, have to step up.
3: Can, can I ask one more question uh, just in regards to that? As a minority... Uh, government right now mm-hmm. um, and of course there's there's that the coalition that we know of between the liberals and the NDPs so I think there's a lot of people that are concerned they want you to go and fight and you to go and fight and you to go to fight and whether it's for mental health or for tourism mm-hmm. wherever mm-hmm. the case may happen to be how much of a you know a, 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 I guess handcuffed do you feel sometimes because you're hearing these plights from a lot of your constituents on what they want and what they need mm-hmm. but maybe it's not being translated well across the floor to the government That's actually in power, that can actually, that's actually able to do all these things. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's one of the biggest questions I get asked is like, what's the point? What can we do? Your opposition? What does it matter? And pressure works. Mm -hmm. And that is why the question period is important, even though it seems sometimes very theatrical or what have you. Social pressure is very important. And, You know, you keep hammering at something and you keep putting that pressure on and you, they do have to listen. And that's why I say to people, like, don't stop, like, don't stop messaging your MPs. Don't stop phoning them. That is their job is to listen to you and what matters to you. Are they always going to have the answer that you want? Not, maybe not. But I think, you know, as opposition, you can move the needle and we have moved the needle. You know um i joke because that ryan whitney uh spitting chicklets guy did more in eight hours than we did in eight months we were saying the same thing he said in one video and all of a sudden you know mandates were um out the window but i i think it it pressure does really work and i think I always tell people if you believe in what we're saying it's really great for the people to to help support us because you know elected officials sometimes don't always have the trust, right? There's a lot of mistrust in government. So it's it's just but pressure builds diamonds and you you don't stop. You cannot stop fighting for for what you know needs to be changed.
1: Let's talk local tourism. You're inviting members of the local tourism community to a roundtable focused on sector recovery post-pandemic. It'll be taking place on Tuesday, August the 16th from 7 until 9 p.m. at the Burley Falls Inn. You can find a link on our website, ptbotoday.ca. Michelle Ferreri, MP for Peterborough-Cortha, thank you so much for uh, spending some time with us.
2: Thanks very much to Graham and Jordan for having me. Always a pleasure to chit-chat about uh, about. Everything. So I really, I do really appreciate it. The
0: PTBO Today Podcast. Now, the sounds of today.
1: It is time now to listen to all the hot audio making the rounds on social media. Priscilla Presley.
3: Remember her, Graham? Uh, she was great in Naked Gun. Did she do anything else? I was going to ask you the same question. <laughs> she was. I know she was married to someone famous once upon a time. Well, she was married to the king, and yeah. she was
1: recently on Pierce Morgan's show and disputed the popular popular narrative that her late ex-husband Elvis was racist. Here's what she said.
0: You know, a long time it was um, stated that Elvis, you know, uh, was um, a racist. He was not a racist. He's never been a racist. Mm -hmm. Elvis had friends, black friends, friends from all over. Um, He loved their music. He loved their style. Uh, He he loved being around, you know, black musicians. I mean, that's Domino. When he was in Vegas, he was uh, in the lounge playing and he would always, we would always go and hang out with him. Mm -hmm. Sammy Davis Jr., the same thing, would always come into the dressing room. and, And he loved, loved being around blacks and being around anyone, actually. He was just not prejudiced in any way. So, and not racist in any way.
1: So, I mean, she's going to bat for her husband. And I guess what I would say is in a very complex way that, you know, people who were raised in Mississippi in the 1930s and 40s. It was probably a, bit, it was a in different a,
3: era back then. Different
1: era. People talked differently. They treated people differently. Um, and I don't know if I subscribed to you. Well, he's not racist because he had a few famous black <laughs> friends. That's not really what I'm thinking. Uh, but no, it's just a nuanced conversation that. uh yeah, I think falls flat in my opinion there's, for Alvin.
3: Again, it's it may be hard for us still to deflect the fact that there's a certain portion of the US, there's like a bit a bit of an invisible line there where things just they're a little bit different down there. And they, 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 they certainly them, were back then, They too. call them the red states down there. Uh, by the way, uh, Naked Gun was basically all she did. She did some TV movies and stuff like that. But Gorgeous yeah. lady in Naked Gun. Naked Gun. Gun. Oh, ah, nice beaver. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, I just had stuff.
1: Uh Jane Fonda, 84. Uh, beaver, I guess, here. <laughs> thinks women get better at sex Whoa. when they get a little bit older. Going blue here.
0: Women, I think, tend to get better because they lose their fear of saying what they need. We go through, we waste way too much time not wanting to say, wait a minute, hold it, hold it. No, no, no. Slow down and a little to the left. You know, we don't (laughs) (laughs) we don't want to do that. Oh, my God, it might have, you know, but when we get older, it's like, no, I know what I want. Give me what I want.
1: If that's the info you needed from Jane Fonda. Um, there you go.
3: I did up in age. I'm not going to acknowledge anything. There you go. I just keep my mouth shut because I will get in trouble. Last but not least here. Well, let's stay with the sex theme, Graham, because that's
1: just <laughs> what we're doing. Uh, Mark Wahlberg said on Kevin Hart's talk show. Did, yeah, good vibrations. I wonder what that song was all about. That Boogie Nights was a big risk, but also really exciting.
0: It could have been really good, which it ended up being, or could have been really bad. We mm-hmm. really didn't know. Um, the subject matter was pretty out there. Um, the only other thing that was even kind of in the same uh, box that you could comp it to was Showgirls, which ended up being a disaster. Mm-hmm. But it was one of those things where it was a challenge, and it was crazy exciting. So if I was going to go to really try to do something as an actor so far off of who people knew me from from my musical career mm-hmm. up until that point... Uh, and it was also a challenge as an actor
1: to play vulnerable. Boogie Nights is one of my all-time favorite movies ever. I'm going to have to go back and revisit that one oh, again. Oh, it's, it's
3: been a minute since I've watched that one. Boogie it, Nights, eh? Awesome stuff. Yeah. Burt Reynolds. and Nice uh, little tie in there. The Marky Mark, of course, part of our 90s weekend. So we yeah, get some good vibrations in there. That is all the hot audio making the rounds on social media for July 22nd.
1: Comment, opinion today's reactions, the PTBO Today
0: podcast. Graham,
1: the question of the day today is when shopping, are you brand loyal? Are you okay with buying generic no-name brands, or are there some products where you just stick to the main brand? It's
3: mentality, right? I think there's some things you look at going, ah, well, I mean, I could get the no-name brand, but the brand name is like right there. And, you know. So, I mean, I think I'm going to be on par with a lot of the answers that we've gotten from some of the listeners today. Uh, Diane, I need Hellman's mayonnaise. Miracle
1: Whip. Awful. That's what she says. Really? Okay. That's a <laughs> weird take. Uh, very opinionated on that one. Okay. Uh, you Jane, like your mayonnaise. Jane says, I am a brand conscious shopper, but she will make alterations based on price okay. occasionally. Uh, Bridget says, depend on what it is, but I do insist on Tetley Tea and Kortha Dairy Ice Cream.
3: I, 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 okay. Yeah. So the Kortha Dairy Ice Cream got to support local, of course. The uh, The tea thing is the same thing, too. I have bought No Name Tea, and it's like, I don't think it's it tastes the same, but even still, like I buy the Tim Hortons, you know, uh, Keurig cups for my my morning coffee. I've bought in the you know selection brand, and to me, the coffee just doesn't taste the same.
1: This one you're going to have to bring me up to speed on. I see a bunch of people saying ketchup French's French's ketchup.
3: Yeah, that's I- well. Don't you remember the the war of a few years ago because they had that Heinz plant or whatever, and then they closed it down or okay was, it, was a friend yeah and then in leamington like, oh yeah and then well now you gotta buy french's because heinz is pulling out of leamington so do you remember that whole fiasco a oh, few okay. years ago um again french's ketchup does not match up to heinz and heinz we is,
1: canceled heinz
3: yeah i didn't even mm-hmm. know did. there's, a, there's a cancel culture on heinz a number of years ago but <laughs> yeah no i mean for me it's, if i'm buying ketchup and i don't eat ketchup a lot but i tend to look to find if the heinz on sale i don't you know i've, I've Eating the French's ketchup. I don't think I've noticed a difference, but I won't buy it. Nadine says ginger ale has to be Canada dry. Yes. Okay. So that's my number one. That is ginger my number ale? one. It, it, pop in general. Okay. The pop has to be name brand. It's right. gotta be Coke. It's gotta be Canada Dry. It's gotta be AW. It's gotta be hires. It's gotta be Sprite. Not uh Frizz or whatever the uh the PC brands are. The PC brands of pop just taste. Like nonsense not good. It's got to be Coke It's got to be Pepsi It's got to be whatever I have to have the name Brand Coke
1: Last one here Gail says Only Mr. Clean Magic Erasers No other Magic Erasers Will do Mr. Clean I'm
3: also in agreement <laughs> With that too um, I think the other one For me uh, is uh, is Some cereal brands Like again If I'm going to have Raisin brand I want raisin brand Not whatever The knockoff brand I, Now that I'm thinking about it I'm a little more Conscient Like even the uh, the the Sweeteners for my coffee it has I, to be specific. It's got to be the, uh, Splenda. It can't be the no-name brand because it, it, it doesn't taste the same for me. How brand loyal
1: are you? That is the question of the day today. Great conversation on Facebook. God, I'm high maintenance. Facebook.com slash freak905. The
0: BTBO Today podcast.
1: Running down the stuff you
0: need to know.
1: It is time now for our community spotlight. And this one I thought was kind of interesting, Graham. The Roseneath Carousel. Uh, It is being celebrated by Canada Post as part of a collection of stamps called Vintage Carousels. Uh, We had the chance to catch up with Barb Foreman, who's the secretary treasurer of the Roseneath Agricultural Society.
2: About Five years ago, I got a call from Canada Post asking if we were still interested in this stamp. Well, what do you think I said? Just
1: a little bit out there, but you know what? A tourist attraction, nonetheless, and one that you know a lot of people from Peterborough end up hitting up. So pretty cool.
3: Yeah, nice, uh, nice acknowledgement there as well for by, as part of a stamp. Yeah, you know? okay. pretty
1: cool stuff. Coming up on Monday's edition of the program, Brad Merritt is going to join us. Who's Brad Merritt?
3: Oh. I think he's part of a band.
1: He is. 5440. I know a lot of people looking forward to that show next week.
3: Yeah. Wednesday, they'll be at the Music Fest stage. Brad, of course, one of the founding members of 5440, going all the way back to the early 80s. And nice conversation we'll have with him talking about, you know, what's been going on the last couple of years. What is the longevity to a band like this? You know, starting back in 1980, 2022, still rocking hard. Have one of your songs picked up by Hootie the Blowfish. What does that mean? And of course what to expect on the stage at Music Fest on Wednesday.
1: Cannot wait for that. This weekend at Music Fest, it's going country for the first time. It, certainly is, it yes. is Sasha and it is Owen Barney, both of whom are making their festival
3: debuts. Should be a lot of fun great weekend. The weather's going to look fantastic this weekend as well. Great time to be at uh, Music Fest and uh, that of course kicks into the final You know, a few weeks of Music Fest, too. Boy, oh boy, can't believe it.
1: Everybody, enjoy your weekend, and we will catch up again on Monday. This has been PTBO Today Live.
0: Catch Jordan and Graham weekday afternoons on Freak 90.5 and on the iHeartRadio app. Download the show every weekday and spread the word about Peterborough's only daily podcast, the PTBO Today podcast. Intelligent Conversation.